Hello, and thank you for joining This Is Just A Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Before we get started with this episode, I want to remind everybody that they can head over to the Facebook group at This Is Just A Phase for updates on new and past episodes of the podcast, as well as information for bands touring, uh, music videos, and tons of merch opportunities that could also be found over there. If Facebook isn't your thing, you can head over to my Instagram account at jonathan.ket.311 for a lot of that same information. Also, go over to thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com and check out the brand new compilation that me and Mike Rotemoyer put out called This Is Just A Record Label Presents Rust Belt Hardcore which features 23 bands from Western Pennsylvania and Eastern Ohio and features past guests of the podcast like Letters, Bar Trash, Heck Vector, The Homicides, Children of October, Jackknife Powerbombs, and the guests being featured on this here episode, Crooked Cobras. You could go over and pick it up for $5 plus shipping or $3 digitally. And while you're over there, also check out releases by Gatlin and Letters, as well as the very first comp we put out. That being said, Jay, let's go. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no vision to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same morning routine You're content with it And the same old morning scene Let's go Let's go Let's go Let's go Let's go On this episode, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Ray Culkin of the Pittsburgh punk hardcore band Crooked Cobras. We bullshit about the career of the band and their soon-to-be-released album, God, Guns, and Greed. We also chat about him coming up in the Pittsburgh scene and playing guitar in bands like Scattergun, Trash Magnet, Weapons of Choice, among others. We also chat about the Pittsburgh scene, the lack of focus of Pittsburgh in the documentary PA Hardcore, about how we're not taking shows for granted, and so much more. So sit back and kick up your feet and listen to this episode of This Is a Phase. This first track featured is by Crooked Cobras, and it's a self-titled track from their soon-to-be-released album, God, Guns, and Greed. Hope you enjoy. Thank you. 
created the world with hate. As you stepped us into misery and bloodshed, we have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives us abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical. Our cleverness, hard and unkind, we think too much and feel too little. Ray, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, man. Oh, man, no, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. And, and nonetheless, on your break at work. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, let me introduce you real quick. I'm talking to uh, Ray Colcom from uh, the Crooked Cobras, a uh, Pittsburgh hardcore-ish punk band from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, hardcore-ish. Yeah, that's about hardcore. Right. Well, I saw I saw on the on the I think it's a Spotify link. You list yourself as medium core. Yeah, that that's that's uh, Aaron, our drummer. That's that's what he refers to us as because we're somewhere somewhere in between, you know, punk rock and hardcore. Yeah, that's that's what I take away from you guys is like you guys kind of toe the line between like kind of like the the trashier side of rock and roll meets like hardcore like a lot of dc hardcore especially in the earlier stuff yeah yeah and um i I think it's the way that 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 he sings your singer sings like he almost kind of had that dc quality to his voice see we we actually don't have a a dedicated singer um we kind of all share vocal duties like uh, like on a new album like i sing three songs aaron i believe sings two or three jeff and and so on down the line. Bill Jasper, our other guitar player, he he sings. Yeah, I think it might be Jeff because I I, I think it's, um, especially in the earlier singles, um, I did notice the 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 singing changes within the songs, and I was trying to pinpoint whose lyric who sings more, and I'm not sure who it is, but there was some quality in there. I, I thought it was I thought it was Jeff that had almost kind of like that that um almost like an or like a minor threat like ian kind of a tone to his voice when he sang but no um on like the earlier stuff for like the first i'm gonna say like four or five years of the band jeff sang the majority of the songs okay and and then we got a singer and we did one cd with him and that didn't really work out too well (laughs) yeah and i'm not gonna really elaborate on that but and then we got Bill in the band, and after and as soon as we got Bill in the band, we just kind of like came up with a new philosophy. It's like whoever writes the lyrics, you're singing the songs. Okay, you know what? And it, and it probably takes a lot of bit of pressure off of you too to not have not not one particular person has to yeah take control of the reins because like you play guitar, uh, Bill plays guitar, and Jeff plays bass. Mm-hmm. So it probably allows you a little bit more freedom to kind of maybe put a little bit more concentration on your instruments when you're not oh yeah especially for me because because i i can't do two things at once <laughs> you know so, yeah so any song that i'm singing it's got to be simple as hell mm-hmm. now you're the lead guitarist too right uh not really we don't really have a lead anything in the band like like if if i have a solo for a song i'll play it if bill has one if it works whatever works out for the better of the song really okay um, I just wanted to say, uh, as we're getting started, I, I first became aware of the band, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I became aware of the band around 2015 when you guys put out uh, the EPs and singles. Mm-hmm. 
it was like right around that time and right before you had put out Wasteland because I remember when Wasteland came out, I remember seeing the promos for it and everything. So it was right around in between those those two releases. Um, I've noticed a lot of growth within your bands, uh, within, within your band from, from the start, like the earlier singles, like how I said, uh, had a little bit more of a hardcore kind of a feel to them um, or like a punk, like a punk rock hardcore feel to them. And you guys started to like, maybe starting with Wasteland, you guys started almost having more of like a metal or edge to you guys too. Yeah, we did. Yeah, no doubt. Now, um, how did that, how did that come about? Just, just your guys' influence and like the natural progression? Yeah, it was more of a natural progression. We didn't really sit down and say, okay, let's write a metal song or anything like that. And, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of metal to begin with. Okay. But it just kind of it just kind of went that way, and it's and it's fun, and it's it's kind of cool, and you know we're never going to be a metal band, but we can play with metal now, which mm-hmm. is kind of which is fun, you know, it's cool. Well, that's like I I had I had, I had uh, Timmy and Rig on from um, Children of October, and they're another band that kind of balances the line between the punker side of like hardcore and like the metal side too. And it seems like it just seems like a natural progression is like when you when you play hardcore, even when it's the more rock and roll side, it's it's hard not to have metal somehow kind of seep into it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And you know what? Honestly, I think a lot of that had to do with the time that I spent in Weapons of Choice. OK, yeah, that's right. I was going to get to that. You were in Weapons of Choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of that kind of rubbed off on me like that. You know, Ryan Hayes you know, amazing hardcore riffs. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> just kind of yeah. like burned its way into my brain, and it's like, okay, yeah, that, this can be cool. I can take some of this and and do it with the Cobras. Yeah, and it was funny that we we that we had talked because you said you were in Weapons of Choice with Ryan. I had Ryan on, um, very very early on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's a great guy. Yo, great guy. We we were corresponding. Um, I was kind of hanging out with um, jamming with uh the the earlier lineup of the the newer band that he started the old devils um and he had mentioned you guys as like like almost like they're kind of like their like connection with the, with the pittsburgh scene you know what i mean like he had nothing but good things to say about you guys yeah we just we just played with them in december up in butler and it was a great show I know I was out of town for that show too. I, I was I was helping promote it on the on the uh, podcast site and stuff like that. Like I wanted to go so bad, but I was out of town. Oh man, that was a killer show. Every band slayed there that night. It was just great. Oh yeah, I I, I know I saw the lineup and I saw you the you two bands in particular, and I'm like fuck <laughs> of all weekends <laughs> to be out of town, man. Because <laughs> I actually had I think it was the weekend before I had did um, my label. This is just a record label. One of the bands on it, Gatlin, mm-hmm. was there. The, I think it was the weekend before we had their CD release party, and that was in uh, that was in Youngstown. So it was just like I had to correlate their CD release to be here for that, and then I had to go away. And it just so happened you guys played that next weekend, and I'm like, shit. You know, trying to schedule all the good shows. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 hard to catch them all. I know that. Oh yeah, man. Um, but I, I wanted to talk to you, like, um, you, you're one of the original members mm-hmm. and that was you, Jeff and Aaron that started the band. Yeah. Yeah. That was and, back in like 2013 or so. 
2013. Mm -hmm. um, how did you guys come together and um, what was your initial um, idea for, for the band at the beginning? Well, at the time, um, well, g going back a few years before the Cobras even started, me and Jeff played in a band together called Trash Magnet. Oh, okay, okay. And and that, that didn't really last too long, and it was fun, and it was really an excuse to get drunk. You know? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a cool band, you know, and Jeff's a great guy. And, and after I left Trash Magnet, I started a band with my friend Brian Snyder. Um, we were called Scattergun, and we were just like a straight-up old-school hardcore band. And that's the band that we were talking about. You had the connection with Dead Sea Dealers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. Sam Sinister. Yeah, 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 and um, and that and we lost our drummer, and and around the around the time that, right before Scattergun kind of ended, uh, Jeff and Aaron had gotten together and they were playing and they were looking for a guitar player. I guess they tried out a couple of people and and they showed up at a Scattergun show, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to jam?" And at this time, I had, like, all these riffs and all these songs written. I was getting ready to record another Scattergun record, which never happened. Okay. And we got together, I think it was, like, a couple couple weekends later and jammed. And we basically wrote, like, seven or eight songs in the first oh, practice. Wow. It was insane. It's like, well, and Aaron's kind of like, well, I guess we got to be a band now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Now, um, how like what was the initial thought of of, of doing the band? Was it the the, the more the the trashier rock and roll side? Was it more the hardcore? Were you were the 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 um, homogenation of the two together like already like no, set in your guys' mind? No, not really, not really. It was just all like um basic punk rock kind of stuff okay. at that point. And you guys always kind of have the look too of like, um, like a biker. Like there's always like a kind of biker overtone to it, and um, like it's almost kind of like it's a patch, you know, like the crooked the crooked cobras is a patch. Yeah. Um, was that something like visually that you guys wanted to do early on? Like that that that's kind of like the imagery you were going for. No, we're kind of like anti imagery, honestly. Um. Because, you know, we're not really into gimmicks or anything like that. You know, we're just, we just want to get up there and just play our music. And we don't give a fuck if we're not wearing a uniform to play our music, you know? Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was because of, like, the, the earlier, like, singles, like Skin Shredder and, like, uh, Get Over It, Man, West Virginia Chrome. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like there's kind of like, stuff. Like, yeah. There's kind of like a white trash element going through those songs. No, no doubt. Yeah. Which <laughs> is, which, which I think is like, I think that, that, that takes the, the, the trashy side of the punk rock and roll kind of a thing with it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was kind of, I mean, you know, subconsciously, that's probably what, what we were shooting for, I'm guessing. Yeah. Because later on, like, you kind of went more of like very, um, your imagery is very much like almost kind of like, like hardcore like street punk like stuff where like when you, when you put out blood of the working man and back from the dead mm -hmm. then you almost kind of did that where like the look was almost just very like vintage hardcore yeah so like you guys don't have a particular aesthetic visually but i think you guys kind of go through different maybe it's different eras or 
whatever song, whatever subject you're talking about kind of takes on that look. Yeah, like now, you know, we have like a pentagram on our new record. So it's like now we're going we're going through our metal phase now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're going through your, your yeah. now the new album it, it's coming out in June, right? Uh yeah, whenever the vinyl comes in, yeah. And that's called God Guns and Grade? Yes, yes it is. Yeah, love the song. I I got I saw the teaser on uh, Spotify, along with uh, the song "Darkness" that you guys um, um, let me put on the uh, Rust Belt Hardcore Comp that'll be coming out um, here in about a week, a week after we do this interview. Nice. obviously based on the last two years basically from um from the time that you guys did your last album which was appetite for distraction everything that kind of took on after that we didn't really have anything planned you know we we and then you know COVID happened we were playing shows we had a a, a shitload of shows set up and COVID just ruined everything yeah. we weren't really writing at the time and we were just like well let's let's write a let's write a record okay and and it, we took our time you know because you know we didn't have any anything but you know just like yeah. everyone else well because like you guys always you guys do kind of take your your take your time in between things um other than when you guys release singles you guys early on were releasing singles constantly yeah, to the point you had a pretty much a full length of just the EPs and singles that you released in fifteen, and then you guys did Wasteland, and then you guys took your time with Appetite for Distraction. Yeah, we had to regroup a little bit there. Yeah, you had to regroup a little yeah. bit from there, and then you did the live from two twenty two Orsby, um, great venue. Um, shout out to them. 
Um, and then, so you guys, you guys kind of do take your time in between doing stuff too. Um, with the pandemic and everything, did you guys find it? Um, were you guys able to write more? Did you guys find that that opportunity to actually write and kind of be creative during that time? Not really, to be honest, because we were all kind of, you know, we we're all kind of concerned about our families collectively, mm-hmm. you know, and we didn't want to put each other in danger as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because nobody knew what was going on with this stuff at that time, you know, so we just kind of laid low and we jammed when we could. And it got to the point where it's like, okay, Aaron, you know, came to practice like, okay, well, I set up a recording session. So we got to finish these songs. And a lot of them we didn't finish, Mm -hmm. you know, until we were actually in the studio. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're scrambling, writing, writing the lyrics the night before we're about to go into the studio. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, which, you know, which makes sense too, because yeah, with, with, with all the updates and everything that were coming out, it's like, they kept changing the information. Like one minute we thought we were cold. So then we start getting loose with our, you know, yeah. Like we can go outside and not wear a mask. And then now we have mm-hmm. to go and you know, it was just back and forth. And it was like, it almost probably became very difficult to try to do things like record an album. Yeah. Yeah. When you're not sure which way the winds are going to blow. And the thing about it too, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm getting older, you know, and it's like, I'll never get that time back. Yeah, you know, and we had so much stuff set up, and it was just such a disappointment to not be able to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, like the world you stopped. You know, the world the world stopped for a minute there. Yeah, and that's like I have I have three kids, and my youngest, when everything started, he was he was like almost done with his second grade year. Yeah, and I had to quit working. You know, my wife has an incredible job in the healthcare field. So one of us had to be the one that stayed home. So I stayed home and, and did that for God, what was it, like 14 months? Wow. And, you know, worked when I could, you know, evenings, whenever I could. And my two older kids, they live with their mom. And there was times where I couldn't I would go a month without seeing them. Cause somebody caught something or they're mm-hmm. afraid that they got exposed or whatever. So we had to go through that whole thing and, you know, my kids going in, were ready to go into their high school years. It was like, holy shit, dude, that's kind of robbing them of like their, their, their important years. You know what I mean? That yeah. high school experience. Yeah. N- no doubt about it, man. You know, I was off for three months myself mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know. It, it, like I said, you'll, you'll, we'll never get that time back, man. You'll yeah. Get it back. And the only thing that, I think the only thing that, the, the biggest thing that came from good from that whole thing is the fact that it allowed us, or at least I hope it allowed us to be stronger as a, as a, as a family group, start yeah. doing those things that you were always like, Oh, we'll have time eventually to do that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, now we got the fucking time to do it. Let's do it. You know, as far as music goes too, it's like, you know, like the first couple of shows that I, I went to or and played, after everything kind of went back to normal it's like i'll never take that for granted again oh yeah me either you know yeah it's like if a if a band comes if i can physically be there and i want to see that band i'm going because who knows at this point you may not get that chance again and i'm not going to take it for granted ever again me either my my first show back was um my partner in the label mike he plays in a band called letters they're out of mercer and um, I'm in Newcastle, so Mercer's only like 
like 20 minutes from me. Yeah. Um, his band was playing. It was there like they got back together after like five years. It was there like the reunion show. They were getting back together. And they had played, they were playing a garage show at Hermitage. And um, which I don't know if you know Hermitage, it's a little bit north of Newcastle. Okay. Um, but it was like a bunch of these bands and my, you know, my friend's band Gatlin played and uh, Tough Cuffs out of Pittsburgh, if you ever heard of them. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. They played and it was like this garage show and everybody's standing out in the, in the, in the driveway and his bands are setting up in the garage and I'm, it's taking me back to when I was like. 15 years old going to basement shows like everybody was kind of just like chilling then it started the rain and everybody's huddling into the, <laughs> towards the garage dude and it was the first show i'd seen in like got uh, like 19 months and dude it couldn't have been better dude it, like it was just like it, it it made me think of all those times in my youth where you you would you would be able to take part in something like that before the venues before the bars you know what i mean yeah it got it was exciting again it was exciting again yeah. and like the, the the next day i i, I messaged i called my buddy mike from letters up i said dude you want to start a label and he's like yeah i'm like dude because like dude like i'm excited i'm excited about shit dude like i'm excited about what's coming out in the area and like that show just like opened up the floodgates for me like being yeah. excited about music again yeah, that's fucking rad man that's cool yeah it was really cool and and plus when i started the podcast the whole point in doing the podcast was to shed a light on bands that might not get the get their traditional exposure yeah and, and you know coming up in in western pennsylvania we've we've watched a lot of bands go through the cracks right Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. And you know what? And and like I said, I, I was born and raised in Sharon, close to the Youngstown scene, and also lived in Pittsburgh for a while and, and got in the Pittsburgh scene and stuff. So, like, kind of being between the worlds of the scenes that have come and gone, Butler, you know, Sharon, Erie, Pittsburgh, that, that, that whole, those, all those, even Cleveland. Um, kind of watching a lot of bands go through, and I was just like, I gotta document this somehow, and um, you know, trying to document as many local bands as I can. Like, obviously, I have you got, you know, I have you on. Yeah, because um, there doesn't seem to be a huge document of Pittsburgh punk rock going back. No, and I was talking, I was talking to Sam um, on on. Uh, we have another podcast together where we just kind of just be goofy and stuff. And uh, talk about whatever kind of popness, you know, like '90s nostalgia kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I was talking to him that a couple of years ago there was a documentary called Pennsylvania Hardcore. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and I was watching and going, "Why are bands in Skullkill getting twenty fucking minutes, and they gave Pittsburgh five fucking minutes? Oh, five minutes tops. Five. I mean, there. I was they're, waiting. For, I was waiting for the Pittsburgh." portion of it and i'm like what the fuck no me no mention of hardly anything yeah like no mention of gut wrench maybe gut wrench was mentioned once or twice there was there maybe. was no gut wrench there was no allen there was no none of the early decor stuff um there was hardly any mention now, of the eerie stuff no you mentioned allen that was my friend brian snyder who i was in scattergun with i was gonna say i recognized that, the name when you said it that that band that's the only band that I was literally scared of 
at a Dude, fucking they were nasty. They dude. were unbelievable. I saw them at the 31st Street Pub year. Oh God, I don't even remember what year it was. I was actually terrified. I, I was, was gonna like, say I might have been at that shit. show. I might have been. I don't know if I was legal yet or not. I might have been like just 18. So like 99. Yeah, around there, maybe 98, 90, 97, 98, somewhere around there, 98. Because I got into all those early fucking decor comps, dude. And they were all those bands were on there when Todd was doing uh, Silver Tongue Devil and shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. That was great. Yeah, nobody remembers those bands, man. Alan was killer. Yeah, yeah. Al, Al, Alan's one of them bands. Alan's one of them bands that they, they could have been like, they could have been rock stars. Legitimately. Oh, dude. Absolutely. And that's the frustrating thing about, you know, I bring it up all the time. And it's the frustrating thing is like Pittsburgh doesn't get the notoriety for the, the, their mark on music because our scene is so different. Yeah, it is. It is that like we're like our hardcore isn't normal hardcore. Like <laughs> yeah. it's sludgy and dirty. It looks like we're well, kind all, of the East Coast version of Seattle. It's all fragmented though, too. That's another thing about the Pittsburgh scene. It's always kind of been that way. Mm-hmm. You know, every everything's fragmented. You got the Lawrenceville bands, you got the Polish Hill bands, you know, and it's been going on like that for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And there's very little in- intermingling. Yeah. You know, and yeah, like you mentioned that it's like you have your street punk bands, which, which I kind of gravitated towards early on when I was like 15. Then I discovered the hardcore bands and I was like, cause I was going through my hardcore, I guess, phase <laughs> when I was heavily in the hardcore and the violence was just too much. I, by the time I was like 21, I was checked out of hardcore. It yeah. Was too, yeah. It was I, too I, violent. I checked out on that as well. I was like, this is getting, this is ridiculous at this point. Well, we, me and a bunch of my friends, um, I had a couple of my buddies who went to Edinburgh, uh, up near Erie and they told me about the, uh, about the the Rochester, Jamestown, New York scene. And a lot of those victory bands were going through there. A lot of like, uh, what was it, like Buried Alive, Snapcase, mm-hmm. like those kind of bands. And we would go up there for like, you know, all ages, like kind of like, uh, like, you know, like social club halls. Yeah, yeah. And all the, all the straight edge kids would go up there and I would get in a fight with straight edge kids because I was smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, dude, I'm eight, 17, 18 years old. Like, yeah, they'd walk up to you and knock a fucking cigarette out of your mouth, dude. I'm like, what the hell is, why are you policing me? Yeah, that's, there's no place for that. It's like, no, you know what? It's like, do what you want. If that, if you don't want to smoke a cigarette, don't smoke it. If you don't want to drink, don't drink. It was like, wasn't the whole point in punk is not to have the rules? Yes. Yeah. Not to be judged. You know, not to be judged. Like I got enough from my home, dude. Like yeah, I don't, dude, uh, I had enough of that shit in high school. Yeah, you know? it's like that's why I got into punk rock. <laughs> it's like yeah, not 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 for like jocks, basically to you know get get into it as well and and then try to you know implement their rules on me. It's like no, no.
and you know what? And you brought up too. You brought up the whole kind of kind of separate scenes within Pittsburgh. Like you have your hardcore bands, you have your street punk bands, and you have your artier bands. Um, so like through your career, you know, playing with the different bands that you have, Weapons of Choice and Trash Magnet and 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 Scattergun and all that. Um, did you find yourself floating within those scenes, or did you always kind of have more of a central? centralized space within the pittsburgh scene pretty much floating you know mm-hmm. like going back to like the early 90s when i started like like my band then i mean we played with submachine pretty much all the time oh okay like submachine cool. and bad jeans and those kind of bands and oh god and that, that was the hell, that, that was that was the pit that was like the golden age of pittsburgh punk rock as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. you know i'm a little younger i missed i missed the fir- the real first wave you know yeah. but no i mean that was an incredible time in my opinion and yeah. there was always all these mixed bills and stuff like that you'd see like like submachine anti-flag and a band like thickhead grin playing a show oh god all oh, that band i forgot all about them dude and and you know it and you just don't see shit like that anymore you don't no, and when when I got into punk rock, I must be a little younger than you. Um, I would have gotten into punk probably around like Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh scene around like ninety six. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it would have been like right after Os Rotten, just as as Cost of Christ was starting. Um, I think, uh, um, yeah, Anti Flag was still playing. Um, I think by that point they pretty much stopped doing local stuff and they were touring, you know. Yeah, but then every now because I did see them when they had Andy. Okay. Okay. Um, so I did catch them early on, like that Die for the Government era. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know I started getting around that like around '98 is when I started paying attention to decor and all that stuff that was starting to come out because, like I said, I was starting to gravitate towards that victory kind of hardcore sound. Yeah, that's that's when it's kind of started evolving. That's when like the metal and the and the punk rock kind of kind of inter- intermingled in Pittsburgh a little, you know. And I think it was natural too. Like, like, I, like I'm I'll be forty one. So when I got into punk, I got into punk because of Grey Day. I got into metal or and the heavier stuff because of bands like Nirvana and Soundgarden, and then eventually even down to stuff like Korn. Yeah. They were all co-mingling within the mainstream at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. So, like, and, like, I, I joked around earlier, like, Pittsburgh's kind of like the east, the eastern, it's like the eastern version of Seattle. It's a dreary, cold, most of the time dark. There's not much to do. Um, when you do, like, you're in somebody's basement, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. known for, we're a still town, we're, it's like, like, what, we're, like, how, what kind of music are we supposed to play? You're just gonna, you're gonna drink beer and start a punk band. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna start a punk band, probably drop down to D, get hammered on PBR, and pass out somewhere. Uh-huh. And that, 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 sounds like, that sounds like every Sunday that I ever lived through in the 1990s, right there. Yep, and the early two thousands for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, with everything coming up with you guys being able to go out and and play and stuff, like, what 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 kind of things are you guys expecting with the new album? Are you guys gonna kind of tour out? Like, 
you know what? We don't really have much of a plan as far as that's concerned. Uh, we got this show coming up in Youngstown. And after that, in May, we're playing in Philly. And we're, it's pretty much everything's pretty much open after that. Yeah, you're playing the show in Youngstown that that I that I helped put together. Yes, um, very much a mixed bill. Um, we you know we have like we have more rock and roll band, more like pop punk, hardcore. Um, the things that I like with my bills that I that I put together is I, I like variety. Oh, I do too, man. Those are always the best shows, in my opinion. They they really are. You know, yeah. like I was at a show. Uh, I don't know if you know who the Jackknife Power Bombs are. Yeah, sure. But they played a show at the same venue that you guys will be playing. And the end of the night was a, was a hip hop collective. Yeah. See, that's, that's awesome. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. It is an all ages venue. And like, so like, if you want to bring your own shit, you can, if not, like you could just have a nice night of, of hanging out. I can bring my fucking kids to the show. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know about you, man, but to me, there's nothing more boring than going to see three bands and you cannot figure out one band from the other exactly you know and Mm -hmm. yeah and that's the whole thing like like when i was when i was doing the comp when i was doing the rust belt comp i didn't want 23 bands to sound the same yeah i wanted variety i you know i wanted you guys and then i wanted a band like you know gloom doom out of pittsburgh and then like somebody like wall creeper out of akron which sound completely different from one another but it still falls under like the same collective of of hardcore yeah and the same thing when i do shows like i don't i don't want this i don't want the same same bands playing on 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 the same bills and and having a whole night of just one kind of a sound yeah at at that point i'm 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 peace not early (laughs) yeah i'm going home and you know and like you said maybe that just comes from our background too is 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 you know you're from pittsburgh I, i lived in pittsburgh for a while it wasn't very hard for us to find the same thing on a Thursday or Sunday night either. Yeah, that's true. It, it is now though, but it it wasn't back back in the day. It wasn't. There was I mean, always between, something going on. Oh yeah, between Laga and I mean, I was too young for stuff like the banana and like yeah. Uh, see, see, that was that was my home away from home. Yeah, I just missed that. Like when I, when I got into it, it was like MIT, uh, Nick's Fat City. Um, I was going to Laga. I was going to the Beehive. Um, yeah. I think missed. I think I think Smalls might have started around the same time. See, like for me, it was like the Banana in the Decade. Yeah, see, I missed the Decade too. Yeah, I mean, th- th- those those were my two two places for real. I moved to Pittsburgh, and when I moved to Pittsburgh, I, it was two thousand. So I would have missed all those places, but before I would have caught shows at like MIT and like Laga, especially. But then you had the pub fill, you know, when when the pub started having shows too. That was like that definitely mm-hmm. filled the banana void right there. Oh and, yeah, and, and then th- some, and then oh some. yeah, oh yeah, and then you would end up going. You would go to places like uh, the, the what was the place in Lawrenceville, Th- Thunderbird Cafe. Yeah, yeah. Then I started catching like more of the rock and roll stuff down there. Then you had, um, yeah, of course, Gooskies and Polish Hill. Gooskies and Polish Hill, yeah. Then you would go up to Aliquippa and catch shows at, at the Fallout Shouter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that place is great, man. I, oh, I, dude. I, every show I've played there has been a blast. Dude, my first date with my now wife was at the Fallout Shouter. Fallout Shelter. Wow, that's awesome. 
because my sister-in-law, I had known her years before, and DCD's, uh, Dead City Dealers bass player, Chris, is my brother-in-law. Okay. So they were still doing Dead City Dealers, and it was Dead City Dealers and Children of October, and I can't remember the third band. But that was the very first time me and her went out was at a Fallout Shelter show. <laughs> yeah, that, that place is great. It, it, it's so intimate, and it's so small. And it's, mm-hmm. like, it's great for like a band like I'm in because it's like if 20 people are there, it looks like it's packed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like you can like kind of fool people with, fool people with kind that, of. right? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Then you get your pay at the end of the night. You're going, yeah, 20 people were here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited that you, you came on because I, I, I like people's, especially people who are a little bit older than me, that, that, that can kind of shine a light on like different eras of Pittsburgh punk. Because like, I don't think people understand, especially people who aren't from around this area, like how like instrumental I think Pittsburgh is into what ended up coming out with, with, with the way things kind of evolved within the scene. I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh gets their just their due justice. No, no, absolutely not. I I agree totally, and you know it does not. It, it doesn't get its 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 credit that it deserves. You know, mm-hmm. you know, go, going back to like the '80s, you had bands like the Cynics who were still going. Oh know? yeah, and back to like the originators, like bands like Car Sickness and and the Cardboards, mm-hmm. and the Five and the Bats, and and you know all these great bands, ATS. The oh, it, just, yeah. I mean, just so many bands that, unfortunately, I didn't get to see all of them, mm-hmm. uh, and but fortunately, I got to play with a couple of them. So it's like, I mean, dude, it just goes back so far. And and the funny thing is, you can connect a band like the Cynics to Code Orange, you know. Oh if, yeah. If you just follow the timeline, if you just follow follow the, you know, because everyone's connected in this town, everyone knows each other. Well, that's like even when you go towards like California punk, you can connect Spike from Me First and the Gimme Gimme's to Pittsburgh. He's from there. You can connect Jesse Michaels from Operation Ivy, who spent time living in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You can correlate like how even even during the hardcore pipeline of the early 80s, how instrumental Pittsburgh was during those those 
those hardcore routes that bands were going. Oh, for real? You know, like, because you would have to come down there. You had to come out of Pittsburgh and Cleveland before you attempted Canada, you know? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, though, a lot of bands would just pass right through, though. You know? Yeah, that's true. Or they would hit Cleveland or, or hit Detroit and go through Windsor. Yeah, that too. Yeah, but I, I just, I don't, I, I'm really happy you wanted to come on on the podcast and, and, and bullshit with me for a while. And because um, I really wanted people to kind of uh, check out your band. You oh, guys thanks, have been man. going 12, um, almost 10 years now. Yeah. Yep. And you guys just seem to keep getting better and better with lineup changes and, and, um, you guys handling and you know you guys handling it yourself. You, you guys found your your core members that have lasted the last couple of years and are, are really kind of hitting their stride. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, and it's and it's fun. That's the thing. If it wasn't fun, you know, we wouldn't be we we wouldn't be doing it this long. You know. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you and you also like you're like you said earlier. You're you're so far into the game. It's like you're just kind of doing it to do it, man. Yeah, you know, no, it's just I mean, to do it. Yeah, there's no money to be made. You know, no one has delusions of grandeur or anything like that. It's like, you know, we're, if you middle, can we're jump... middle-aged men at this point, you know? <laughs> but mm-hmm. And it's fun. Yeah, it's like, you know, and I kind of gave up on the whole idea. Like, after I had kids, I was like, you know what, I'm not, I, I might jam with people, but I'm not looking to get into bands. But when I had the opportunity to do, to do, do a podcast that I was sitting on for a while, I was like, why the fuck not? Maybe this is my way of giving back to the scene because I'm not starting a band right now at 41. You know what I mean? Hey, I said so the me- same thing, man, and I'm 50. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe, maybe eventually. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should. But this, but I, I looked at the podcast as my way of kind of be like, you know what the connections that I have made over the years, the bands that I've, you know, have been exposed to that, that I count as my friends um like i said i i I started going to shows in in 95 Mm -hmm. so i'm 27 years in going to shows and checking out all different kinds of punk bands and like i said when i get the opportunity to feature local bands uh, i like to know that people kind of get a sense of like knowing kind of where i'm coming from too yeah, like we, yeah. like all the bands that we talked about. Who in Arizona heard of Gut Wrench? A couple people, I'm sure. A couple people, but now maybe twenty more people here Hopefully. will know who they are. <laughs> Hopefully, I think they're starting to play again too. I'm not certain it, though. You know what? I heard something. I heard whispers of it too. Yeah, I'm not certain. Yeah, but I'm just I'm excited. I can't wait to see you guys play on Saturday. Yeah, man, I'm um, looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast, I think. It is going to be a blast. And I, I would just want to take another moment to tell you, uh, thank you very much for coming out on the podcast. Oh, dude, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It. And I, I can't wait to hang out with you guys on Saturday and talk more in person. And thanks for kind of giving us, giving me a little bit of a background in the band, uh, what's to come from you guys, and, and uh, you're coming up in the scene as well. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem. Right. You enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'll see you on Saturday, man. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye.